0: Hey everybody, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Excited today to keep the scouting reports on new Lakers going. Got one of the best with us out there, Ethan Skolnick of Five Reason Sports. He's the host of the Five on the Floor podcast, one of the best podcasts out there on the Miami Heat. Um, Excited to jump into Kendrick Nunn and Trevor Ariza. We'll do all of that next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, he is the the uh, CEO. He is the the emperor, the uh, <laughs> God King. I, I think was the oh, uh, the God. original title. Um, Ethan Skolnick, Five Reasons Sports. One of the best voices out there on the NBA, certainly on the Miami Heat. Uh, thanks for much. He threatened to fire us. We're like,
1: we don't even work for you, dude. That's right. But he did. That's
0: right. But of all the things the Lakers have done this offseason, the move that got me the most excited, the free agent that they brought in that I was I, I thought was just the best thing that they had done was Kendrick. Um Am I overstating this or is my optimism warranted here?
2: Well, I mean, first he's under fifty, so that does differentiate him from most of the free agents they brought in. But uh, I, I do think to a certain extent your your optimism I, I can't say anything. The heat did the same thing. So uh, but but your optimism I think um is warranted in some ways. Um I I was in favor of the heat keeping Kendrick. Um I know that there were salary, uh, not salary cap, but luxury tax concerns. And and also the way it was put to me, although I think this is a little bit revisionist is that they wanted to clear a path for Tyler hero, you know, to get all of the reps off the bench. And, and, you know, even though Tyler and Kendrick played together a lot going all the way back to summer league, when Kendrick broke in with the team, um, I don't think they wanted to block Tyler's progress with that being said to me, 5 million a year for Kendrick, none is good value. Um, I just think you have to understand what you're getting and what you're not. Uh, what you're getting is a guy who can score. Uh, there's no question about it. He, he's a three-level scorer. Uh, he's okay at the rim. He's very good at mid-range. And he became a very good three-point shooter last year. He had some stretches where he really shot the ball well from three. He's inconsistent. Um, now, some of that is circumstantial, guys. Uh, if you go back to what happened you know, the year before, he got off to an incredible start. Uh, as a rookie, he was like doing things Dwayne way. And again, he was a lot older than Dwayne was as a rookie, but he was doing things. Dwayne didn't do as a rookie. Um, then he had an Achilles injury right before the all-star game and struggled for a little bit, kind of came out of it, out of the rising stars game played well for a while. And then there was the COVID break. He got COVID. He was also dealing with some personal issues. Those two things combined meant he lost his spot. He ended up leaving the bubble. He got there late. Then he left he lost his spot, he never got it back, and then he really performed poorly at the beginning of this season also. So it really wasn't until about 15 to 20 games into this year that he kind of recaptured his form, and then he had a run that was similar to what he had early in his rookie year. So I think there will be some inconsistency, but offensively, he's a bucket getter. And I think that putting him next to Russell Westbrook, I do think that they'll be able to play off each other. He's not a a pure point guard they tried that. He did it in Summer League. He was fine in Summer League, but it's not really his role. And defensively, this is where I think some Laker fans are off because I've been list watching some of this stuff on Twitter. He looks like he should be a better defender than he is. Um, he competes, but he gets blown up on screens a lot. That improved at times in his second season, but I wouldn't call him a plus defender. I think at this stage, maybe an average defender would be where I would characterize
1: him. Okay, we're we're gonna get into some of the specifics about Nunn defensively in a little bit, but I, I wanted to talk with you a little bit more about the scoring because that's what he's known best for in terms of his strengths. And you mentioned that he, you know, he's a he, he's a three tier scorer, um, mm. maybe not as good as a rim, but you know that he can score from different spots. What I was looking through some of his data, you know, more deeply, and he became a more efficient scorer yes. during his second season. From what you saw. What were the reasons for that? Like whether better shot selection, schemes change, just improvements that you would expect from a second year player, mm-hmm. all the above, none of the above?
2: I think a lot of it was confidence in reps, to be honest. Um, they finally stopped jerking around with his role. I, I mean, that that's the thing. I mean, I, I think... You know, you have to look at what happened last season with the Heat. You know, they had this very, very short break, as the Lakers did, uh, the two shortest breaks in NBA history. Um, Hero, they kind of handed a starting job to Hero and want him to be kind of a de facto point guard. It didn't work. Um, so they ended up moving Tyler back to the bench. That's kind of what Kendrick got put in the starting lineup because they wanted to keep Dragic off the bench to preserve Dragic. Uh, when Kendrick started getting the regular reps, it worked. Then they got Oladipo and it looked like they were going to bury Kendrick again. And of course, Oladipo got hurt in four after the fourth game or in the fourth game and didn't reappear. And so Kendrick got opportunities again. And like he had a really good six week run. I think a lot of it with him is confidence and rhythm. I I just, um, he has the skill set to be a good scorer. He, uh, you know, he, he can sort of go to his left, he can go to his right, he can attack. Again, he's very good in that mid-range space. I, I think that's one of the things that was uh really underrated about him, and they missed it when he wasn't playing. And I think they wanted Oladipo to pick up some of that slack, and of course, uh Vic got hurt, so it didn't happen. But but I do think that uh that Kendrick again from the mid-range and from deep became a much better deep ball shooter, pull ups, um, some situations where he was getting uh catch and shoots. I think the biggest improvement. Kendrick made last year as opposed to the first year, though, was his decision making as an offensive player got much better. Um, he tended to rush the first year, and everything was looking to score. He he was a more willing passer last season, I thought. Um, he didn't get caught up in the air as much. And so I, I really thought he had a good year, honestly. Now, what happened was then they got to the the playoffs. And I think some of his shortcomings got exposed um, against Milwaukee. Just Milwaukee's length, uh, their size, Drew Holiday in particular. Uh, Kendrick had some difficulty offensively. But the reality is the entire Heat team did. I mean, Jimmy Butler scored fewer points in that series than Bryn Forbes. Okay, so I I don't want to pin it on Kendrick. Nobody played well. Bam wouldn't look at the basket. Um, They were pretty much a disaster from top to bottom. But Kendrick did not play particularly well. I I do think offensively the Heat will miss uh, what Kendrick offered, and, and I think it's certainly worth $5 million. And my joke aside at the beginning, the fact that at least you have two young scorers and him and Malik Monk who are a little different from each other, uh, I do think will balance things out. And I, I, think, I think Kendrick's going to get opportunities there. Um, I thought Kendrick would end up in a place like Detroit and average 18 uh, on a losing team. Instead, he's going to fill another role on a winning team right. like he was in in Miami.
1: Well, he's gotten a taste of winning. I mean, at a, yeah. at a really young age, which I think could be both valuable playing for the Lakers, but also it's pretty unusual yeah. to like see a guy in his position actually have been around really nothing other than and, you know, and seemed, winning runs it, and winning culture.
0: And it seemed Ethan, that he was seeking that out when, when you mm-hmm. when you hear him in his press conference, you know, the introductory press conference he had with uh, the Lakers and Lakers media, he made a point of like, you know, I want to play. I played in a winning organization. Mm -hmm. I want to continue playing in a winning organization, Um, you know, reportedly passed up more money to do it. How much of that is related to sort of Kendrick Nunn, the guy uh, in terms of how he fits into how he fit into heat culture and now how he would fit into another winning culture with the Lakers? Well, I'll say
2: this, Uh, whatever the issues were in college, um, I can tell you that the heat really liked his attitude. Um, I, I never heard any complaints about it. Uh, even, uh, when he got benched and shelved and pushed to the background and all the things that happened with that, uh, he wasn't a guy that I heard was doing a lot of complaining behind the scenes. He stayed ready. Um, I, I, again, it's a bit of a surprise to me that they didn't do more to retain him because he, he did fit their quote unquote culture. I thought, well, and, and they had this sort of weird push pull relationship with him where, Eric Spolster trusted him a lot. I mean, he gave him a starting job out of summer league. I mean, essentially Kendrick was an undrafted player. I mean, I know that, you know, obviously the heat believe in development. I mean, look what just happened with Duncan Robinson. They just paid him $18 million a year, totally developed him. We know all the players the Heat have developed through the years and some they've paid and some they haven't. Um, but as far as Kendrick goes, I mean, he came out of summer league and they handed him a starting job and, and he did well with it right off the bat. Um, But then there were other times where it did seem like, you know, the leash was a little shorter with him, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and and so, you know, they were kind of always looking for something else. And so, you know, I I feel like to a certain degree, Kendrick kind of needed to move on uh, maybe to another situation. Again, I thought that his skill set might fit a non contending team where he would be a starting guard who would score a lot. Um, that's kind of what we figured. I give him credit for seeking out a winning situation where he's going to have to adjust his role again. It may be somewhat similar to Miami, but again, what Kendrick wants to do is get the ball and go. Uh, if, if you've got Anthony Davis and you've got LeBron James and you've got other scorers, uh, that may not be your role every night. Uh, And so again, I thought he might go to a Detroit, a Sacramento and Oklahoma city and fill up the box score. He hasn't. um, But I think from a cultural perspective, accepting a role, uh, giving you consistent scoring, I do believe he can do that again, but they've got to create some consistency in his role Mm. because he can go in the tank a little bit if, if, uh, if they're not showing faith in him.
0: All right, let's talk about that role um, next because you know how the Lakers use him, who he might be able to play with, and Andy and I are both very interested to see if he's one of the guys the Lakers might actually be able to turn to to finish games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a few more questions about Kendrick Nunn. We'll also ask uh, Ethan about uh, Trevor Reza, the other guy who played mm-hmm. with the Heat
1: last year who is now with the Lakers. We'll do all that next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Sweat block. There are a few things in life that are just not fun to talk about, and one of them is excessive sweating. Like when you are... Sweating through your shirt, like basically your entire wardrobe, for no apparent reason—it's embarrassing. Like, I don't want to talk about that. I know Ethan doesn't want to talk about that, so that's why Ethan I asked him at the top. I, he said, "I don't want to talk about that." Don't yeah, ask me about excessive That was sweat. my
2: prerequisite, actually. Yes. Talking about yes. that.
1: i mean, the, yep. it it really hurt our sweat block that we were going to get into, or the sweat <laughs> segment of but we move forward. But that's why, Ethan, I use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweat block, stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before you go to bed. Next morning, you wake up, you wash, and you go about your day without worrying about sweat. Use it once or twice a day. Stay dry the entire time, guaranteed, or your money back. No more pit stains. No more picking out your wardrobe based on what's going to end up hiding the sweat better. Like I'll put it to you this way. If you know a sweat solution that is doctor-created, Docker recommended, featured on Rachel Ray's show, tested by firefighters. I'm listening. But until then, g- use Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with the promo code LOCKED ON or at Amazon or CVS. Lockdown Lakers also brought
0: to you by DirecTV. Does this sound familiar at all? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff, your crib and stuff from your grandparents, I don't know, but like, look, Here's an easier way to do it. You get all the live entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to do it to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports movies and shows all in one place. It means no more juggling remotes, no more need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more about direct, uh, more about it at directtv.com. That's Direct tv.com compatible device required content varies by package um so ethan i i made a a i referenced this like i i am excited at the prospect of none and andy i know andy has some questions about defense if he can hold up well enough defensively right is he somebody who can play he has got a pretty clearly defined role as a second unit um Mm. point guard and he'll mix and match with all those guys but Can he actually, do you think, play next to Westbrook um, in even close games with the Lakers? Well, he did close some games in Miami, but not a
2: lot. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Spolcher went through this stretch where he used Hero for every minute of the fourth quarter for months. And it was kind of curious to us because (laughs) Tyler was presenting a lot of, you know, you know, scoring, but wasn't defending, which is n- is not a spulster thing. There feels
1: to be like a real stop trying to make fetch happen thing with the Heat and Tyler Hero. like well, just in the way you've described and just also from the outside looking in, it's felt like they've put not to get too sidetracked, but a lot of mm-hmm. eggs in that dude's basket.
2: Well, I, I don't think that was their intention this offseason. I think they are again, because they're basically asking him to lead the bench. I, You know, again, I think there were a lot of things that were unfair to Tyler last year. You know, the very short break, 21 years old. Uh, you know, adjusting to the Miami limelight for the first time, uh, there, there were a lot of things that happened with Tyler last year that I, that I think contributed to him not progressing. If you actually look at his numbers on a permanent basis, they were the same as they were in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And even during the bubble, which is, is funny because everybody looks at him as like the bubble boy, but reality was he played the same last year. He's did in the bubble he just didn't shoot quite as well, but everything else right. was actually the same or up. Um, but it is interesting that they did force feed hero down the stretch. And of course, Dragic played a lot of those minutes down the stretch. And a lot of times the ball was in Jimmy's hands. Uh, And so none didn't get a lot of those reps. I I do think that playing him next to Westbrook defensively is problematic down the stretch of games. Um, Unless Russ is really going to compete. I mean, I, I think, you can play none defensively, but he's got to have a strong defender next to him because um, mm-hmm. he will compete. But sometimes he does get blown up on screens. He's not particularly big, um, and so so to me, it's you know, it's like if if you've got a nun Butler backcourt, I think you can get away with it. I, I don't know about a nun Westbrook backcourt, so I think that's something to watch. I mean, obviously, if LeBron's playing defense at a high level and Anthony Davis is, then you've got two of those, you know, parts that are taken care of, and we'll see who the fifth one's going to be, right? But but I think that. Uh, putting the two of them together defensively could be problematic. Um, I, I I don't I I think you can hide Kendrick, and I think that there are times that that Kendrick does play well defensively. We, we saw progress there too, but again, I wouldn't call him a plus defender yet. He's a plus scorer. He's not a plus defender.
1: Yeah, I mean, most of either what I've seen just from remembering watching his games or looking through some data here, you know, hearing from people who cover the team, it seems like all in the wash. He's kind of a, a neutral defender. What, yeah. what have you seen from him that you think he does well defensively or at least is progressing well and what are the really most problematic areas
2: I, I mean i think he uses his hands pretty well i i do um and he's he's strong i mean for his size he's strong but he does it, it is the screen stuff uh mm-hmm. and I, I thought he got better at it this season but you know part of this is he got grouped in i mean they had for a while, four guys who were not real playable defensively, you know, Hero, Dragic, Nunn, and Duncan Robinson. I think Duncan got better as the season went on, particularly, you know, when the officials started respecting him a little more. Goran's best days defensively, whenever they happened, are long gone, and Tyler struggled defensively a lot. So it was hard to tell sometimes who was getting picked on the most. It just felt like Bam and Jimmy were doing everything. I mean, that's and and that was one of the problems last year, too. And we'll talk about Ariza was they didn't have Jay Crowder anymore, who really Mm -hmm. allowed them to switch some of that stuff and erase mistakes. Um, Trevor is a good defender, but obviously not as physical as Jay. Um, not quite as interchangeable as Jay was for that team. And that's why the Heat went out and got P.J. Tucker this offseason to basically replace... Jay Crowder in a way that Trevor, for all the good things he did for the Heat, he did some good things, and I know we'll talk about them, uh, he he wasn't capable of sort of replacing some of those things that Jay did. And I think sometimes that exposed none. it exposed Drogic, it exposed Hero, it exposed Robinson. Uh, I think Spolster did a fantastic job last year in one way. I don't think Eric had his best coaching season. But the fact that they got a, a passable to plus defense out of that group when really the only... Clear plus defenders on the team were Jimmy and Bam. uh, Is pretty good work by Eric, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't put Nun and Westbrook out on an island and and hope it's going to go very well. Vogel will have to coach around it. There's no question, and he's capable of it. He's done it before. It's just because he's a lot like Spo in that way. But he's going to have to do that.
0: Yeah, it's not the lineup necessarily that I think they're banking on, but I do wonder if it's one that they'll at least experiment with, depending on how uh, how things play out, who ends up shooting well and who doesn't. My last thing on Nun, and then we'll get to Trevor. Um, You know, his efficiency as an offensive player was significantly better in year two than year one, Um, both from two and especially from three, um, you know, as it relates to the Lakers, the the outside shooting is super important. Yeah, is that, you know, there's always the risk. You know, we point out all the time that anybody who ever joins the Lakers, who ever hit a shot from the perimeter immediately forgets how to do that as soon as they put on the uniform. Like that's just (laughs) been the trend. Good shooters come here to die. Um, is do you expect like that to be the uptrend? Like what he did last year is who the guy is more than what he did as a rookie, like is, or would you expect any regression?
2: No, I don't expect a lot of regression. I mean, uh, people, you know, I covered LeBron for five years up close, uh, four in Miami, and then I was, I was the one sent to Bleacher Report to cover with by Bleacher Report to cover him in Cleveland for his first year back there. So I'm pretty familiar with the types of guys that LeBron likes to play with. Um, I think LeBron's going to like playing with Kendrick. Uh, I, I, I think that, and I think that's going to help Kendrick I, in, in terms of his shooting. I, I Kendrick brings a certain toughness. Um, he's very, I will say the thing about Kendrick that is very impressive. He's very even keeled on the court. Like you don't know, like even though he's been through his ups and downs, like you have you will not know. Uh, we actually joked with Kendrick about it, you know, about how, you know, he sometimes he would make little jokes to Jimmy on the floor. We had him on our podcast a couple times. Um, but like he, he's very even, and I think LeBron's going to like that, actually. And he's tough. He's Chicago tough. I, I think uh, that will allow him to play in the spotlight, I think, reasonably well so i don't and he's played in the spotlight he played you know in a high pressure situation he didn't play a lot obviously in the playoffs with miami in the bubble but i mean this is a playoff team it's a competitive team you're playing with jimmy butler mm-hmm. that puts pressure on you immediately the heat culture eric spolster there's a lot of demands okay it's not again it's not sacramento so so i i think he's hardened for it and and, and he's obviously been through a lot to get even to the league and make himself a $5 million a year player, and he could have been more than that. So I I wouldn't expect regression from him just because of the circumstances. Um, I think if if Laker fans have any frustrations, it's going to be about some of the times where maybe he's a little overly aggressive Mm. offensively when he doesn't have it. I, I felt like last year he did a better job of that than the year before in terms of moderating it. But that may become a frustration point. That and some of the defensive stuff. But I think well, otherwise. The good news, I think Laker fans that, are gonna yeah. like him.
0: The good news with that, Ethan, is they have, we have Westbrook. So I'm not even sure they'll notice.
2: Right? Exactly. No, I
1: mean he's, he's, it, Honestly, like, after the last couple, may
2: not touch the ball,
1: guys. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> after the last couple seasons of role players that seemed really reluctant to put up shots, I think Laker fans will actually be thrilled with a guy. Oh, he's not reluctant. A little too often. He- Kendrick
2: yeah. is not shy. There's um, no question about that.
1: You had mentioned earlier talking about defensively with the team, um, the the switchability that they missed with Jay Crowder. Right. How, Trevor at his peak, uh, Trevor Riza, was one of the most switchable wing yep. defenders in the league. Obviously, you don't expect him to be at that level anymore, given just where he's at in his career. But with, I think some of the stuff the Lakers would want to see from him but also may need to see from him, given some of the other – shakier defenders that they have how switchable is trevor still like at this point in his career i thought he did
2: some good things there last year um i don't think he's a player who looks like he's aged that much and i remember he had a long break before he came Mm -hmm. back to the heat too so he was he was fresher than a lot of the heat players I, i think that allowed him to kind of jump right in and get off to a good start plus he he again, culturally fits the heat. And he also he sort of defensively fit what they did. Uh, what they missed wasn't necessarily his fault. It, it was more so it showed up in the playoffs more than any other time. I, I will say this about Trevor. It was weird. If you look at his his game logs last year, it was like one game he hit three threes, then zero for four. Three threes, zero for four. It was like it was like I don't know if you remember like back in the day like Brett Saberhagen was only good in odd years. Mm-hmm. It was sort of right. weird. It, I know it's a random reference. It, it that was sort of it was just sort of weird with with Trevor. It was like he you knew like every other game he was gonna have a great game, and the other one he wasn't gonna shoot. And and if he had the good game, it was always early. You know he'd hit three threes early. You'd be like, okay, Trevor's got nine. Nobody else in the Heat has more than four, and then Trevor wouldn't score again. I, well, he's I, an I think old
0: he's an old person and that's how old people do things early
2: early that's right <laughs> early bird right i i just think that if you look at what he contributed to the heat last year um he was stuck in a tough situation but they were small to begin with, and then it was like you're replacing Jay's physicality with Ariza kind of being a wiry type, It, it and it showed up against Milwaukee. I, I think that's, you know, last year, Jay Crowder was huge in Miami's upset of Milwaukee because he allowed them, he gave them like four bodies to throw at Giannis, and, and really he frustrated Giannis in some ways, which, you know, didn't work as well in the finals this year, but he did his best, but at least he gave them an option trying to put Trevor on Giannis it, it's it just we knew it wasn't going to work if 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 they if they had drawn the nets okay Trevor's guarded Durant a lot in his career and it's actually I know this sounds weird a better matchup for him mm. or we looked at it that way if they drew the nets than it drawing sense, the bucks so. it just it wasn't going to work so i think Trevor was fine for what they asked him to do i think they probably asked him to do too much the Heat started the season with Mo Harkless at the four. It lasted one game. Then it was Myers Leonard that lasted until he went on Twitch. Okay, so yes. they didn't have a lot of <laughs> options, and so they kind of forced Trevor into it. I think he did his best. To me, he's a fifteen-minute a game player at this okay. stage of his. Career. I'm glad.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because the, the Lakers, at least on paper, if you want to kind of draw up a defensive lineup that would close games in the fourth quarter with AD at the five, you have AD and LeBron and Westbrook. And then it's probably, I think they're hoping for Baysmore um, playing next mm-hmm. to Westbrook. And Ariza really is that front court defensive player currently that they have. Um, you talk about him as if, is, is are they asking too much, you know, even if they kind of protect him throughout the regular season to be able to fill a critical fourth quarter role defensively for an entire season and an entire playoffs. It's a lot, I would say. I,
2: you know, the Heat went into it thinking they had Ariza or Iguadala. okay, and it was going to be one or the other down the stretch of the games defensively uh, in the playoffs. And of course, the playoffs only lasted four games, so we didn't really get a chance to see it. It was kind of like, okay, who was more mobile that night, right? Like Ariza or Iguodala. Um, again, I think Trevor got the benefit of having kind of a running, not a running, I guess the opposite of a running start, but into the season where he wasn't tired and everybody else was. I I think as we started to see the season go on, then maybe you did start to see some of the age. I I think he can close some games. I think against some opponents, I don't know that I would be relying on him, you know, to do it. To me, again, the Heat feel they upgraded with PJ Tucker in that sense. PJ and Trevor are basically the same age. They both played for a ton of teams, but PJ is a you know, is it, is physical, much stronger, stronger. Um, And and so it's just, I I think that again, they were trying to replace Jay. I don't think they felt they didn't make a real effort to keep Trevor because I I don't think they felt that, that he next to bam. Now, Anthony Davis is a different defender than bam. But again, if you're going to use them both at the five, then you need a four who can give you some rebounding, some physicality. Trevor's not going to give you a lot of rebounding. You know, he's going to, he's going to be in the right spot. He's going to make things difficult on shooters. He still can do that, but as far as like giving you that kind of stuff the blocks, the rebound, it, it's I, I don't I, I think that day is that day was never really completely there for him. But I think it's passed.
1: Uh, my last question for you before we let you go, um, Trevor. At this point, offensively, is at least I think thought of as basically the the three part of a three and D defender. Mm-hmm. He, from what you guys saw, and granted, it's a smaller sample size, but is there more that he brings in terms of the way he can be used? Like, you know, can he still slash a little bit? Like
2: a, a little, but whenever he and Iguadala did it, it was kind of like Ugh. get get the ball to Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I just, I, you know, I, the thing that Trevor can still do really well. Spot up in the corners, okay. Yep. LeBron's gonna find him in the corners. All right, he's gonna find him. You got and a lot of those LeBron drives, second defender drawn. Trevor in the corner. Trevor will have nights he makes three of those. Okay, that's that is that's his spot. Again, I, I, I maybe off memory, I'm forgetting here, but I feel like it's more the right corner than the left corner. I'd have to look at the numbers again, but it felt like he made a lot of those for the Heat, and he was important for the Heat again early in games it tended to trend downward as the game went on. And again, I, I wouldn't be putting the ball in his hands as a secondary ball handler at this stage. I mean, we all age. Uh, and I just think that's happened with him to a certain degree. He's a professional basketball player. If you ask him to do something, he's going to do it. Uh, you don't have to worry about where he is or handling his role or usually trying to do too much. But if the Lakers are expecting him to be one of their core five to get them through deep playoff series, I it's, I, I, don't a, I, I, do, I don't know that. tough. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would do that. No.
0: Um, Ethan Skolnick, he is the CEO of Five Reason Sports. If, if you have uh, a a reason a need to go check out uh, what's happening in Miami with Miami sports, this is the place to go. He is the host of the Five on the Floor Heat podcast, one of the best ones out there, and just a great voice on the NBA has been for a very long time. Um, I don't know. Have we ever actually physically? met i don't know like you no we've been, on some, we've been on some streams with our, our yeah. guy
2: in la but uh who used yeah. to be in miami who, who yeah, traded yeah. us in for la life but that's yeah, okay i can't say our daughter it's, it's uh family.
0: it's great to finally uh to meet you face to face after seeing your work for so long thanks so much for for fighting through the flu and doing this for us we appreciate
1: it
2: Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Invoice us
1: for the herbal teas, man. It's okay. I
2: and and the honey or something. Yes.
1: And, well, no, Thanks. the honey's not a little the, much. Not organic. Just not I'm organic. just trying
2: to stay. I'm just trying to stay healthy in Florida. It's not an easy we'll, thing. We'll, <laughs> to we'll forward
1: it to David Locke. <laughs> <laughs> um, David, right. I, uh, have We'll talk girl, to guy. you soon. Thanks. Thanks. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars ever. Bars covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. They are easy to chew and they are healthy. They are great for health conscious people, whether you're trying to lose or maintain weight, but you still want something that tastes awesome. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto folks out there. And they taste awesome as ever. You got the 12 original flavors like raspberry. Coconut almond salted caramel, banana bread, new flavors like Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cookies and Cream. They're great for someone like me who wants to be healthy but also doesn't want to get bored feeling like you're eating the same thing over and over. These are really cool, unique taste combinations. You're going to love them. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Lockdown Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online.
0: It's that time of year, All eyes are now turning to football as teams, they're back on the, on the field starting the season, preseason in full swing. As always, bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all your updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest. Not just a regular one, a mega contest. And the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at Bet Online. Head to the website, use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 100% welcome bonus, 100%. So be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo uh, equals uh, you make a bet on Thursday, September 9th. Uh, the season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. Again, that promo code NFL100. You get refunded $25 uh, if you lose. That ain't bad. Uh, So from football to basketball, boxing, right up to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I, it was really interesting to hear Ethan and Andy break down some of those um, defensive questions. I mean, the offense, I think, you know, I, I didn't hear a whole lot that I didn't expect in terms of what Kendrick Nunn does as a scorer, what Trevor kind of doesn't do anymore as a scorer and what he's capable of. But the the Nunn stuff with uh, the possibilities of what he can do late in games and then particularly with Ariza, if there's been one thing that I'm a little concerned about how they've structured this team to hold up on that side of the floor, it is the reliance on Ariza potentially to play a significant role. Um, They're not wedded to it, but at least on paper, it looks
1: like that's part of the plan. Well, it wouldn't shock me if what Ethan's talking about in terms of, okay, you only have so many minutes that you can give Trevor Ariza over the course of the season. It's like, you know, the way... Uh, Kobe used to talk about you know practice or lack thereof towards the end of its career. It's like, right. look, you know, I only got so many minutes left in me. You want to waste them in practice? That's fine, but I can promise you, you're going to get shortchanged in a game. I wonder if maybe if Trevor can hold up, like if that integrity is there defensively, but you worry about just overuse when you're trying to map out an entire 82 game season and then hopefully a deep playoff run. Remember how Caruso. Early on, Frank Vogel used to go these long stretches where he wouldn't play Caruso barely at all. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth quarter, Alex would play like nine minutes. he played like the last nine minutes straight of a fourth quarter, and he was really part of that closing unit. Even if he only played like five minutes or seven minutes for the previous three quarters combined, I wonder if you could maybe see some type of formula like that. I mean, for different reasons, obviously. Alex is much younger, but... I wonder if there maybe could be some type of model there for a reason in terms he, of just spacing out an entire season. Where I, I'm wondering, he, he becomes like even a closer. Even
0: more so, like you could see like games where like he might not because he doesn't need to play. He like I, you know when Ethan talked me, he is a professional. Oh, yeah. player. Like when we not-
1: covered Trevor during his first stint with the Lakers, he was he's going to underst- right. Understand
0: every defensive assignment he's going to be asked, every principle, every this, yeah. every rotation, all that stuff. He, it's not going to be hard to get him up to. He doesn't need as many reps to get it as Kendrick Nunn would, as, Malik you know, Bazemore even who's a good, def, a good defender. But, you know, all the, Trevor doesn't need the, the, as much playing time. I'm wondering if you could just sort of not play him that much and just kind of bust him out as you get closer to the playoffs, like some run. I'm not saying never play him, but even more than what you're saying, like really lay off on his playing time throughout a lot of the season, and you know enough that he's integrated, but I, not so much yeah. that you're burning him out. If you feel like you do have a finite amount of Ariza that you can you can
1: use I, here, I don't think I'd go as far as what you're talking about in terms of trying to lay off usage of him. You know, throughout most of the regular season, or like you know, like you said, where it seems like he's playing an inordinate amount during the playoffs. Not, not even because I think Trevor needs to get up to speed for what they're doing, but I think the other guys that he may regularly be closing with, they need to build a rhythm. Maybe um, I, I think they do. I think for stuff like that, that I think those reps together as a unit sure. matter. Sure, sure. But, but I do think though that you could make him primarily a fourth quarter presence. Like mm-hmm. you know, again, very similar to like a baseball closer, even though that's not necessarily normal. In basketball, I I think for somebody like you said that's a veteran like Ariza, I, I think maybe that could be that type of approach where the first three quarters you just don't see a lot of them because you don't need to and you may not even want to. Yeah, the other part
0: that I thought was interesting
1: when talking about none defensively was
0: the focus on Westbrook, and I think Ethan's right. Like you know how, but that's not true of just Westbrook. I mean, of, of just none. That's true of a lot of things like Russ's. Effort and attention. I think the effort will be there. I mean, we, we've talked about this. Like these guys are under the microscope. They're highly motivated. Westbrook has a lot of things that I think he he wants to show people. And I think he understands that defense is an area where he's going to have to be better. Um, but you know, the attention to detail, it's hard to just jump right back into that stuff. Like if you haven't really been, you know, he's not been a good off-ball defender, for example, he's not been uh, great in space, like a lot of that stuff is hard to just flip on. If he is capable, like the more capable Westbrook is defensively, the m- more flexibility Frank Vogel is going to have and who else he can put out on the floor, whether it's Carmelo Anthony, whether it's Kendrick Nunn, whether it's all the... A lot depends on Westbrook approaching average. You know, if he can be an average defender, you can do a lot more than, you know, a, 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 a negative on that side. And so... um, you know, that that's, to me is something to watch because Westbrook's defense is going to have a, a, a tremendous impact, I think, on the flexibility that Vogel has and what lineups he chooses down the
1: street. Well, I mean, it's it's the inverse dilemma of Westbrook off the ball offensively. Like, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of, okay, th- there's obviously going to be a certain amount of trial and error and, you know, bumping heads when it comes to getting this group working offensively. Even if you are incredibly optimistic that it's going to work. It's just that's when you're talking about two players who play the way LeBron and uh, Westbrook have their entire careers, like that is going to take some figuring out. And that doesn't even mean that there's anything wrong with it. But one of the big things is figuring out what you actually do with Westbrook off Mm -hmm. ball. And I've heard a lot of people focus on, you know, he's not a spot-up threat. I feel like if he commits to moving off ball and staying, you know – Staying in utility while he does not have the ball that I think is basically motion, some of those issues are going to be solved by virtue of just you have to keep track of Russell Westbrook. So how hard does he make it to keep track of him? Like, if, if he's just spotting in the corner, A, you're not playing to one of his strengths, but B, you are making it easier for that defender. You're making it sure. easier for
0: the entire Well, the premium, on, the premium on movement for the Lakers is, and we can wrap off this, I mean, the, the premium on the Lakers for movement offensively is going to be huge. You have Russell Westbrook. You have uh, LeBron James. You have Anthony Davis, who's certainly a capable um, and willing passer as a big. Yeah. You know, right now you have Mark Gasol, who sees some minutes. You're like You know, you have they got to move. If they move, they're going to open themselves up to a tremendous amount of easy offense, even if the the outside shooting kind of comes and goes, because there are just too many people that defenses have to keep an eye on. And so uh, that's going to be a, a massive, massive um, thing for, for the Lakers. Um, thanks again to Ethan Skolnick of uh, Five Reasons Sports. really is one of the, the 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 guys who's been at this a long time and knows the NBA and the Heat backwards and forwards. So that was great stuff. We're going to keep going with this. We're, I think we're going to do Kent Baysmore next week. Um, and uh, who knows? Maybe the Lakers will add a few more guys and we can do a few more of these. Uh, Locked on Lakers on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. We'll see everybody next time.